0: The opposite is true, so-called abortion is an act of violence, it's it's the poisoning or tearing apart of an unborn child Uh, and and it's this reality they have so deliberately concealed with these images. Um, There's a lot that's bizarre about these images, Uh, one is the fact they're white so clearly they've got rid of the blood somehow uh, which is interesting because if they're trying to depict what uh, a woman is likely to see after an early stage medical abortion is not going to be white. There's going to mm. be a lot of blood there. Um, but they've also managed to conceal the, the unborn child, which we know is clearly discernible and visible uh, mm. from certainly in those later, um, you know, eight, nine, ten weeks... Hello and welcome back to this week's About Abortion uh, episode. I'm joined once again by Christian Hacking and we're carrying on our discussion of lies in the public sphere and the censoring of truth when it comes to abortion. And the title of this week's episode is Cruikshank Returns, The Guardian Whitewashes a Genocide. Now maybe you're asking who's Cruikshank, we'll introduce him uh, in just a bit. But before we go any further, since Christian we are talking about at uh, the guardian today uh, which describes itself as fiercely independent a bastion of the truth um you know not not owned by any sort of oligarch who controls its message um you've got an interesting insight into the uh, behind the scenes workings of the guardian which i know our listeners have been waiting all week long uh, at the edge of their seats to hear so tell us what 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 are these um, pining. Pining. pining so
1: so far on the edge of their seats they're developing pressure sores they yeah. wanted to find this out so much. So what is this information? Is that the question you're about to ask?
0: Yeah, tell us what's, what were these communications that you uh, that you sort of unwittingly received? Well, if you were listening last week uh, to this podcast, you would
1: have known that we went on a whistle-stop tour of the inner mental workings of MP Stella Creasy. Um, and part of uh, this kind of discussion around free speech and her uh kind of attempt to repaint what free speech is and the closing of free speech that she so willingly took part in in the winter of um 2019 um was the role of (laughs) the press to basically spout lies about harassment and intimidation Um, what happened after the cbr uk campaign uh was um another group a political organization called the christian party's alliance uh, ran their own campaign in Wolverhampton, and uh, I had the privilege of receiving a text message from a journalist who was trying to contact Stella Creasy about uh, what this campaign was doing in her area. Um, and let me just um, share my screen with you. And so beeping on my uh, my Samsung um, five s phone uh was this can you see a text from mark townsend brilliant (laughs) so this is a text from mark townsend and it says hey stella comma good to talk and sorry that they are still up to their awful behavior full stop i'll write the piece up get it over to you via email tomorrow morning and up on the guardian website by lunch comma latest full stop glad to be of service exclamation mark regards comma mark Uh, to which I then got um, other um, messages from him saying, hi, Christian, hope you're well. Are you around? Question mark, regards, Mark. Obviously, that first message not meant for you. End (laughs) of text thread. Um, Now, um, uh, I am delighted to share this with you a good three uh, years after it was first um, sent to us, um, or two years, um, because it really goes to show that... um, these politicians don't operate in a uh, in a vacuum that they have um, media contacts and liaisons and they work for each other and they work closely with each other and should it surprise us that the Guardian who has come up with all kinds of uh, kind of borderline defamation uh, you know um, slanderous headlines about us um, but not borderline I would argue. Uh, should be in cahoots with Delacrisi in producing more, you know, misinformation. The answer is absolutely not Um, because because this is the nature of the beast that we're fighting against uh, which is the Guardian uh, which at one point really was a Guardian of free speech and, uh, and, you know, minority views um, has just careered so far left that, you know, they are on the brink, if they'd not already, if they al- already haven't got there, of just total insanity. Um, and and what you get from them is not a, a the, the the guarding of free speech, the guarding of the news as it is meant to be, but actually um, just you know unadulterated um, being pushed, of which you know obviously climate change. Um, you know, over the summer, you know, every single headline I saw of theirs appeared to be some kind of climate change related, um, you know, issue, you know, people's house fires weren't reported as house fires, they were reported as proof of global warming, etc. Um, and and they've also um, got headlong behind uh, the pro-abortion agenda, um, of which we um, are exploring the latest manifestation of that um, in this stuff. It's also worth noting that The guardian because it is donor funded um and that's why you have to read the donor pledge kind of every article you read with them um they are also susceptible to to lots of um kind of paid international journalism um so so for example when um people were trying to um stop diy um sorry abortion pill reversal with dr um dermot Kiernan um or kearney they they basically um open democracy were supplying, that's George Soros's um, kind of media wing, were supplying information to journalists, funding journalists who were then submitting it to The Guardian. And and The Guardian articles at the time had a kind of little disclaimer saying, you know, this is funded by open, open source, Open etc. Um, I see less of those tags nowadays. So maybe they've, maybe they're going more covert in in their funding streams. But, but basically, they, um, they, they've not only opened themselves up to Kind of um you know political manipulation from you know uh, global elites etc but but it seems like they've willingly endorsed a lot of it um mm. and and basically taking their readership on an absolute um fool's errand really uh, of which the article that we're going to be looking at today is, is
0: a a prime example mm. um of this mm. Yeah, and, and quite aside from the money trail and you know whether anything illegal or untoward is, is happening at a kind of procedural level, uh, quite aside from that, I, I want people to see and appreciate the significance of uh, the way in which The Guardian is effectively uh, the sort of the propaganda arm of the abortion lobby, which is incredibly powerful uh, in Parliament uh, as well as in for example, the Royal College of obs and Gainey, uh, the British Medical Association. Now, uh, again, I'm not saying there's been. This is we're still talking mostly about soft totalitarianism here, rather than the, the hard. It's cultural Marxism rather than political. So we've seen a takeover of the academies. We're seeing a takeover of uh, the various institutions, um, largely Parliament, and certainly much of the mainstream media, and. And I, I happen to think that one of the greatest problems with the UK church today, practically speaking, is we all too easily believe what the mainstream media says. Still, we, people still listen to the BBC, read the Guardian, in particular, uh, uncritically, uh, and quote and re, you know, repeat what's been said there as if it is fact, as if there is no agenda behind it. And the piece we're going to show you now uh, is. A really clear example uh proving uh that the opposite is is true um there there is a very strong agenda going on here and quite aside from who's paying who it's clear from that text you showed us christian that um stella is almost acting there as a sort of uh an informal um uh you know uh unofficial uh, editor for the guardian you know i'll send it over first thing in the morning and then you know once i get the okay from you i'll publish it yeah. by lunchtime <laughs> yeah. i mean it's it's almost ghostwriting, you know mm. um so so you know it, it, quite a it's not it's not quite it's not a fish it's not it's not in sort of organizational terms um the government's newspaper or the labor party's newspaper or the abortion lobby's newspaper but in practical terms that that's pretty much what it is
1: yeah, and and it's just worth noting, someone like Salakrisci has huge editorial clout, right? Which is, you know, um, when we did the CPN, uh, we we lined up a piece in the Times, uh, with uh, through the help of some friends of ours, and this uh, very meticulous journalist came out and interviewed me, kind of cross-examined me for about over an hour or two to really get to the facts of the case, and and he was due to write some. Uh, kind of piece, really kind of telling our story, um, stuff that we reflected in the last interview. But when he went to Stella Creasy, everything turned on its head, right? So an interview about kind of the, you know, unfair um, local council powers to silence political opposition and silence political speech basically became a headline, you know, MP blasts, you know, anti-choice activists, you know, so, hmm. so she has huge political clout. And when it came to you know with the stop Stella campaign, we we were invited to go speak on the BBC or, or one of these other kind of mainstream uh, media outlets, um, and I think Stella refused to be on a um, panel with us. You know, so she so she really has a very powerful right of veto, um, and is very respected within of you know these these circles. Again, you know, meaning that so many of our ideas can't be publicly challenged, mm. um, and and so she keeps a real tight editorial, mm. you know. Grip on Mm. on lots of her content, Um, Mm. so that's another example of all of that. Um, um, Anyway, do you want me to share the article? So right, yeah. So let me
0: introduce this. So so what we're going to show people now, and actually showing might not work so well. We'll 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 talk people through it and give a summary. But this is an article that came out what about a week or two ago. So again, uh, timing interesting seemed to kind of coincide with well abortion debate generally, but in particular the 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 buffer zones. Thing and for those who are watching on YouTube, you can you can see this on our screen share. But for those who who uh, are just listening, let me just describe it to you. Perhaps Christian, you could kindly just scroll through gently, um, uh, so that people can see this. So this is an article that has the title "What a Pregnancy Actually Looks Like Before Ten Weeks in Pictures," and it introduces that the issue of Roe v. Wade and so on, and says you know the, the issue is we, we very rarely see what pregnancy tissue at early stages looks like. There's a series of pictures which we're scrolling through just now which mysteriously feature white tissue um you know blobs of tissue which are are totally um undiscernible i mean you can't you can't tell what these things are They, they almost look like you know it could be larvae it could be anything uh through various stages of pregnancy so four weeks six weeks eight weeks and so on all of these, and there's a ruler next to it for scale. And uh, this is showing purportedly, this is showing um what pregnancy tissue actually looks like. Now, in none of these can you see anything resembling a, a human embryo. Um and that point is repeatedly made in the text. You know, you can't see anything here that looks anything like um a fetus. Uh and uh, it goes right up to what is it, Christian? It's got up to eight weeks, ten weeks, what what the upper we've got 8 weeks there um and we've got 9 weeks 10 weeks i think 10 weeks might be the as far as it goes right so 10 weeks so most abortions taking place around the 10 week mark or slightly later uh, worth noting this is this is um gestational uh stage um, measured from lmp so that is uh from the last period so it is uh, to, if you want the age of the the unborn from fertilization you have to take away two weeks from each of these measurements so so we uh, many people uh, will measure pregnancy from lmp but it's two weeks later when fertilization actually takes place now well, that's, uh, that's 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 an average that sure the point,
1: the, the point about last menstrual period is is the pregnancy the, the pregnancy can take place at any point from the last menstrual period to um to your next sure menstrual menstrual period so so in lots of these pictures you could be dealing with uh you know the 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 aging of them from last lmp could be entirely misleading because that baby could either be a few days old or it could be four weeks old mm, mm. um so and this is something you know i think we'll examine in a moment when we look yeah. at them at the mya network and you'll see just their methodology and how yeah. skewed it is um in in making this point
0: and that's why cbr uk and other organizations deliberately use um from fertilization dating because it's far more accurate because that's that's actually measuring from when that life has begun whereas lmp is notoriously inaccurate because of uh, well the discrepancy of when fertilization may have taken place as well as just irregularity of periods and so on so so um that's why we always date from fertilization but in either case you know whether Uh, and and they don't hide that fact you know they 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 do uh, explain their dating system there but aside from that it this is just astonishingly and deliberately misleading um the the uh the claim and i'll just read out a couple of quotes here from the article the claim is they've got no axe to grind no political agenda they're not you know for abortion or against abortion they say this we're just putting out the information and the facts to counter the misinformation and by that, they're, and they refer to this explicitly, e.g. images of human embryos where you can actually see the embryo, where you can actually see the hands, the feet, the eyes, and so on. That's what they're calling misinformation. And these are these are accurate images. We'll go on to that in a minute. Uh, they carry on to say, this is not something that's scary or dangerous or violent. It's just a picture of something that's in your body. And so it, 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 in one line, they contradict themselves. They say they've got no agenda. They are just putting out the information. But then they clearly give away their their purpose. Their purpose is to try and make it seem like there's nothing violent going on here. It's not scary or dangerous. Of course, the opposite is true. So-called abortion is an act of violence. It's, it's the poisoning or tearing apart of an unborn child. Uh, and, and it's this reality they have so deliberately concealed with these images um there's a lot that's bizarre about these images Uh, one is the fact they're white so Mm -hmm. clearly they've got rid of the blood somehow uh, which is interesting because if they're trying to depict what uh, a woman is likely to see after an early stage medical abortion it's not going to be white there's going to be a lot of blood there Um, but they've also managed to conceal the the unborn child which we know is clearly discernible and visible uh, mm. from certainly in those later um, you know eight, nine, ten weeks, very clearly, still small, but very clearly um, a baby. So Christian, can you explain what what's going on here? How have they what are these images? are these totally made up? What have they done to 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 kind of produce these?
1: Well, um, the best way to answer that is is to go um, back to the article, right? And, it, and you'll see um, early f- from the very the third paragraph in the article, these images supplied to us by the MYA network, and it's got a hyperlink here. So if I click on that hyperlink, mm-hmm. it goes through to the MYA um, website huh. about the issue of tissue, and it has this lady with a video describing herself as a family doctor, um, and it starts with the question: Do you know what early pregnancies actually look like? What's really interesting is if you go further down the page. Um, you, you, you start to um, pick up what the agenda may be behind this. Wow. And in regard to um, what um, uh, this organization is about, it's kind of got these quotes, right? Um, it didn't look human like what you see in the apps. I felt a sense of ease, wrote um, one person. Sophia and grandma, it wasn't, it wasn't what I expected at all. It was so small and seemed a lot less scary. We were comforted it just looked like mucus it was just a little thing nothing that made us feel guilty and finally Mm. religious conflict being able to look at what it actually is removed all the scariness and the guilt okay so as far as this article is neutral it is not Mm. this website is as charged as a tesla on a front porch after a full night being plugged Mm. into the socket and Mm. this is when it gets really remarkable right if you scroll down to the faqs on the page i'm going to read them if you can't get here um, it starts ask, answering a bunch of questions, you know, what is pregnancy tissue? What is a gestational sac? What is an embryo? It, it, it also asks, but this is when it gets really interesting. Okay. An embryo is a cluster of cells that can develop into what we call a fetus in eight to 10 weeks pregnancy. Okay. So clear dehumanizing, a deconstructing mm. of, um, you know, the fact that an embryo is a distinctive and whole uh, human being. It's got its own genetic code that it has that magnum, a beautiful kind of potassium iodide, um, you know, uh, Um, thing that happens um, when it becomes a a new human being, right? But this is where it gets really, really interesting. It says, what does the tissue look like inside prior to being removed? The picture above shows you what the tissue of early pregnancy looks like. When this tissue is removed during an in-office procedure, it looks the same, but we also see some of the menstrual lining and decidua and some blood, Interesting. Okay. So it talks about, um, these are kind of vacuum aspirations using what was probably a handheld pump. It it keeps on referring to them as in office. I don't know what point they're trying to make there. Um, it says, how was the tissue removed? Um, it talks about a manual uterine aspiration here. Um, the procedure itself takes only about five minutes and does not require surgery or medicines to put the patient to sleep. Okay. Um, but it does often require a painkiller, um, injected around the cervix, Uh, you know, so a number of details it's, it's missed out there. It also requires, you know, uh, the the stretching of the um, uterus to get in using uh, a series of tools. It can sometimes require, you know, pre-prep the insertion of um, kind of a seaweed material that um, expands with moisture and again widens the cervix. So there is there's a breaking and entering here that's totally ignored. But this is perhaps the most pertinent point. Okay, I said so one of the questions didn't look like this why just okay. say that again christian you, the, we lost your that signal there
0: we, hang on just just sorry the title says, there again
1: So the title there it says um so this is kind of the fifth question down on the faqs mm. on the website that provided the information for this article right and it says this and it says i took abortion pills and it didn't look like this why question mark okay and now this is the key detail okay which really is the giveaway of this whole agenda here it says we rinsed off the blood and removed the menstrual lining open brackets, decidua, closed brackets in preparation for these photos. What you see here is the gestational sac alone, full stop. Okay, if you are taking abortion pills at home and having miscarriage, what you see will look different. Most people will experience a heavy period, which may include blood clots of varying size. So it can be difficult to see the pregnancy tissue unless you purposefully look for it. If you are over nine weeks pregnant and choose to look, you may see an early embryo. Okay. So it sounds, although they don't give all um, detail here, it sounds from their methodology, like what they've done is they've literally washed away uh, the baby, any other blood clots that could have the baby inside. Um, and then they have, um, and then they've clearly presented it in a dish. So all you're really seeing is the gestational sac and mm. any evidence of, Uh, an embryo or life etc is is either washed away or it's being uh, reduced and minimized by not using um, magnification Mm. Um, and and this is what was one of the perhaps the the most interesting quote for me in the in the article um, was um, this quote further down the page and and for those looking you can see it I'm going to read it out for those who are listening on the podcast but basically um, it says um, further down the page, it says, uh, this image shows the decidua tissue to support the pregnancy and the gestational sac, which would eventually become the amniotic sacks, which supports the fetus. So they've kind of made this distinction between the sac and the fetus. Okay. If we look closer under a microscope, would we see more human qualities? Question mark. Okay. To which, uh, this doctor, Dr. Dr. Fleischman says, if you zoom in on anything, including sperm and an egg getting fertilized, it's just an incredible thing to watch but that's different from the everyday ways we see life. That perspective to me is the most relevant, but it is somehow absent from our consciousness. So again, it's like, so you've got this, okay, let's, let's show people images of gestational sex that have been washed away, potentially washing away the baby. And when asked, well, what happens if you zoom in? It's like, well, that's kind of irrelevant because that's not what you can see with the naked eye. So you know, how's that, you know, how's that, how does that have any moral significance, mm. right, it's the it's the same argument to say, well, you know, if I fire a missile, you know, I may not see the destruction it does, you know, 400 miles away, mm. um, but, you know, um, what, what matters is what I can see with my naked eye. Again, yeah. it's like, it's totally flawed, mm. um, even from a human perspective, introduce God's perspective, and we know God is not made in our image, we know God sees things very differently to how we see things we know that you know um he even sees the the very thought of um adultery as an act of adultery the act of murder as um the act sorry the act of getting angry as an act of murder so so certainly in god's book you know the fact that we can't see it with our naked eye i don't think takes away any Mm. moral moral culpability here so so again so we've we've got layers upon layers of deception distortion Mm. um you know and you know and this stuff is being played out um yeah. in in the public sphere because david i mean what was that story you told me about some didn't somebody actually reference this particular article
0: yeah i was going to come on to that actually so we we were doing a, a display in norwich um just the other day and someone had clearly just seen this article and they were claiming that our pictures were fake uh because she had seen what pregnancy actually looks like and she's referencing this article she said it looks nothing like what you're showing um, so it, it just shows the impact it has when a trusted newspaper, a mainstream media outlet, um, you know, rolls this stuff out claiming here's here's the truth, don't listen to the, to, to the people on the other side. So it, it, it's very impactful. Um, and clearly, just to pick up on, on the website in case anyone wasn't able to see that, um, those who were able to see might have noticed, one of the tabs at the top is called Abortion Normalized. So clearly that is the agenda here. It's to make abortion not a big deal. So if, if zooming in and showing what's really there makes it feel like a big deal, well, we won't do that. If leaving the blood in the picture makes it a big deal, let's not do that. And they say that again in the article, it says this, showing this tissue in the way that they've kind of prepared it and doctored it, showing this tissue can be a relief to patients. For those who choose to look at the tissue, you can literally feel the tension coming down. And they're like, you're kidding? This is all that it was. So this is this is clearly the agenda here: is to try and normalize abortion. It's the kind of visual equivalent to what you see in the verbal descriptions, so-called, of abortion by the providers. They say, "Look, it's just a gentle suction to remove the pregnancy. It's over in five minutes. You know, most people are ready to go home the same day. You know, etc." It's it's designed to trivialize. It's designed to normalize. and it is quite literally whitewashing a genocide. You know, they've, they've, they've washed away the blood and they've concealed uh, the humanity of the baby, which we which we know so clearly, as a Christian, quite aside from what we can see with the naked eye. W- with the technology we do have, we can see sophisticated life at very early stages, which they even pretty much admit. They say, well, if you look very closely, you will see the embryo there. We know there's a life there. We know the heart's beating from three weeks after fertilisation. We know there's a fingerprint from fingerprint from ten weeks after fertilisation. Whether we can see that with the naked eye or not, um, but the but the the whole agenda here is to whitewash the genocide and try and say, look, this is just a bit of tissue. There's there's no killing going on here. Now the the um, the thing I want to introduce to people. Uh, is a very interesting comparison point because what we're seeing here from The Guardian um, is a very elaborate, ornate lie. They're not just lying about what the unborn child looks like. They're also lying about the people who are telling the truth. They're calling that misinformation. And in fact, they're kind of weaving this this really rich tapestry, this kind of narrative. Dave, you're making
1: dr- You're making it sound like you could kind of buy this thing in a charity shop. You know, it's an ornate lie. It's a precious lie. It's a, you know... Uh, delicious lie you're right though it it has this it has this aesthetic appeal to it it is Um, it it's a piece of work it's a crafted it's a piece
0: it's incredibly well crafted it's it's thought through because of course if you're if you're going to do a really effective lie you have to also explain how the other people are are lying you know you have to do your homework on that side and explain why their methods are wrong they've got the wrong motives how their pictures are the real fake images and so on and so they've, they've had to work overtime to to, to make their lie as plausible as possible. And what's really interesting is we see a, a very exact uh, parallel about what we're we talking now just over 200 years ago um, with regards to the transatlantic slave trade. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna introduce uh, this Cruikshank cartoon to people who, um, who was a cartoonist, a satirist um, from in the 1820s. Okay, so this is all about um, anti-slavery. Sorry, not abolition of the slave trade, but actually anti-slavery. Um, and uh, Cruikshank was a, a famous cartoonist who was uh, clearly in favor of the status quo, was quite comfortable with slavery. And um, the, the cartoon that he produced uh, has a very similar sort of tactic at play um, to what we've seen uh, the Guardian doing here. So this is uh, a two-minute clip. Um, David Olasoga um, analysing this cartoon for us. We'll put a link so people can see the, the picture itself, um, but but David actually um, describes it anyway. So I'm just going to um, play this now uh, for us, and then we're going to see how at various points what's going on is extremely similar to um, the tactics at uh, play with um, the Guardian. So let me just get this up for us.
2: This is a, a satirical caricature by George Cruikshank, who was the great, great satirist of, of the early 19th century. The title is John Bull taking a clear view of the Negro slavery question. And this is an image of two, two halves. Really, on the right is the Caribbean luxuriating under a tropical sun, and on the left is Britain. Beside John Bull is poor Pat, who is an English labourer who's unemployed and hungry. And no one's taking any notice of Pat, because everybody in England, in Cruikshank's image, is focusing on the issue of slavery. Behind him is an abolitionist, a thin, humourless-looking man who is encouraging children to sign petitions. The petition was the favored, the ingenious campaigning tool of the abolitionist movement. And here, Cruikshank's implying that people who sign petitions are young and naive, don't really understand the issues, and they can't vote anyway, so their opinions don't really matter. The only person in this painting who's not looking at the abolitionists is John Bull himself, who's looking through this telescope, which is, in theory, pointing towards the Caribbean. But what he's really seeing is a propaganda picture, a picture of a slave being whipped that's been pushed in front of the telescope by another of the abolitionists. And John Bull is again, like everybody else, shocked at this supposed horror of slavery. But the reality that Cruikshanks wants us to consider on the other side of the Atlantic in the Caribbean is a world in which the black slaves aren't repressed or beaten or tortured or whipped but they're cavorting under the sun. They're clearly been drinking rum. They're chubby and overweight because they're so well fed. What George Cruikshank is essentially saying is that by becoming obsessed with the supposed horrors of Negro slavery, the country's taking its eye off the people it really should care about, which are the poor and the unemployed and the destitute of Britain itself. And that this vision, this image of slavery that the abolitionists have pushed and ran down everyone's throats is a myth.
0: Well, there we have it. Some really interesting points of comparison there that Very I want to powerful. pick up on. So um, we'll put the link to that in, in the show notes so people can follow that up. Really recommend taking a closer look at that. And what you can see is there's, there's a real effort there, isn't there, to... Um, to demonize the the abolitionists isn't there you know to sort of point out their their sort of disingenuous tactics you know they they're targeting vulnerable impressionable people uh trying to get kids to sign their um their petitions and uh, and of course that's that's really an ad hominem isn't it it's trying to it's trying to suggest these are dishonest um people who who'll use any means even exploiting vulnerable children to kind of advance their their cause which of course is is just one other way of of diverting the attention away from the real injustice which is mm. in that case slavery and saying look the real crooks here are the abolitionists who are um you know using these untoward tactics uh christian did you notice any other well is it very interesting i mean it's very interesting the the kind of humorless gaunt <laughs> you know,
1: tool abolitionists, you know, trying to get the position signed, you know, I can imagine uh, you being drafted in that way within a few years, obviously you look half that way already. So it wouldn't be too hard uh, for that to be done. Um, but yeah, huge ad-, ad hominem attacks. Very interesting that, you know, um, this, this sense of misleading the population, right, the, mm. that, you know, the 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 african people the the negroes as they were called at the time they were fine they're, mm. they're doing great it's it's only these you know it's only these evangelicals who are trying to um make us you know feel bad about what's happening to them um you know uh, i think that was very mm. uh clearly portrayed and and clear and clearly it's exactly the same today you know we're mm. we're you know what did one of the quotes say on that website it said you know oh i looked at it, i didn't feel sad it wasn't what i expected you know it's kind of That website is trying to get people to look across the shore at these white, you know, these white um, sacks, gestational Mm -hmm. sacks and say there's nothing to cry about here. There's no harm being done. There's no damage being done. And it's very interesting about the kids. Right. I spoke to um, an academic, a pro-abortion academic yesterday, and I asked her because I wanted to get an accurate figure for the March for Life that happened in in September this year. And I thought no better person to ask than a pro-abortion academic. For the count because i know she stands there and she counts the people as they go past and i said how many people were there and she said well it's hard to say because we don't count the kids and i said why don't you count the kids and she said because um you know we don't think the kids are fully consenting to be on the march you know so again it's the same idea that 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 clearly um although it wasn't stated emphatically by this person it's kind of like you know you've got a bunch of wacko obsessed christians uh, on this pro-life issue and they just bolster their numbers by dragging their kids along to these marches and their kids don't even know uh, why they're there. Um, again, it's it's all the same stuff, just being dressed in, you know, in Primark, yeah. whereas yeah. it used to be in 18th century clothing. Um, mm. And yeah, kind of, yeah. And, and so it's very, yeah, the, the parallels are, are um, yeah, very uh, similar you know
0: mm. and the um you know, the, the charge that we're ignoring the the real problems of the day you know oh what are you doing about foster care or the climate or you know are you vegetarian or whatever it might be it's trying to suggest that that you know this this whole you know baby genocide thing is just a total waste of time there are real problems we need to get on with and uh, again very similar distraction well what's tactic. what's what's very interesting about
1: that particular point is um obviously unlike the slave trade which was happening in the caribbean and and was happening far away abortion is happening you know in our country um you know in these 360 clinics in women's homes as of uh march 2020 so it, it is on our it is on our territory how do they get around this well they try to claim it's some american import you know look over at america mm. you know look over america you know you don't want the uk to become yep. like those yep. kind of um those kind of american pro-lifers so so again that they've had to work harder on that because obviously there is a very british argument to be made Mm. that killing babies at home um one in 17 women going to hospital is not good for british women it's not good for the british next generation the nhs you know paying for each abortion procedure and then having to pick up the cost of cleaning up the mess again is not very good for british taxpayers etc so how do they get around that well you know Let's keep on talking about how this is a real American thing, and mm. these are just American tactics, American imports. Even though the Americans that we speak to were inspired by the abolitionists yes. uh, in in how they actually combat abortion in America. So, you know, it's it's the the idea here is 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 um, it, it's a basically strong emotional kick, um, you know, in the gut. It's not yeah. it's not so much about um, the facts it's not so much mm. about getting to the truth it's just um pulling together various threads and pounding them into uh our kind of gut. and i think that this guardian article really has that effect it's kind of yeah. like whoa whoa like these people on the streets they are totally misleading me like yeah. Yeah. this is so like ah oh, like this is so um you know it's a very Visceral emotional reaction uh, that it uh, that it's designed to trigger and and it does so very effectively, mm. um, just mm. like the Crookshanks picture that yeah. we just uh, watched.
0: Yeah, there's an interesting little uh, detail that Olasoga didn't pick up on there, but um, there's a there's there's an abolitionist putting up a poster or something, uh, urging people not to buy sugar from the West Indies but to buy East Indian sugar because that was not slave sugar and uh, the cartoonist Cruikshank has placed in in that abolitionist's pocket visibly uh, a sort of an invoice uh, from the east india company you know suggesting mm. that he's in the pay of the east india company to promote their sugar over west indian sugar and so of course you know the 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 insinuation is these guys are doing it for the cash they're being paid their motives are not pure and we hear exactly the same thing today uh, you know people claiming that we're handsomely remunerated by you know far right wing american sort of um trump supporters and uh, and so on which which is kind of funny because um i'm i'm i would happily um place a bet on every single one of those people who has made such a charge um i, I would i would happily bet that they are paid far more than any of us. I mean, these mm. journalists are Hampson. You know, Stella Creasy's doing all right in Parliament on uh, the MPs' wages, and um, Not you know, the idea care. that we're in this for the money is kind of is kind of laughable. And yet, so desperate is the pro-abortion lobby, and so weak are their arguments. This is the kind of thing they they will resort to.
1: Mm. Well, it's well I mean, it's worth noting. I did start this podcast by talking about some of the funding streams for the Guardian and how that opens them up to some of these political agendas. Um, so I don't want to just be throwing flinging mud back or or, or flowing lies back, but but there, there is you know abortion costs um, around 400 um, between 300 and 500 pounds to the NHS every time you do it. So the, so the non-for-profit profit organizations that do abortions are benefiting financially from them and and of course, you know people like open Democracy um, and George Soros is using you know, um the, the the multi-million pounds that he he's acquired as a head fund manager to promote open borders um you know very left-wing agendas of which abortion is part of them so you know th- there is money changing hands and there are money streams uh that are taking place and that that can be evidence. the question is you know which ones can be evidence and which ones can't and mm-hmm. it's yeah and i think I think the just in the days of the abolition you know the slave trade lobby were, had a huge amount of money and they were paying uh you know people like george hibbert who who was a, who who supposedly went to the same church as wilberforce you know to be a hu- a voice for the for mm. the for the slavery lobby within a parliament and likewise we see you know um you know civil servants people like andrea duncan and um um, Isabel Stevens, people who who have either formerly worked for large abortion providers or um, potentially could be, uh, you know, have 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 worked in both places, you know, now working in the civil service, you know, um, you know, forwarding the abortion agenda within the government. So, so the question is, you know, um, where's the evidence, and, and where does the evidence lead, and 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 clearly, you know. Um, it's not a multi-million pound business to be defending unborn babies in the United kingdom yeah. and if these buffer zones come in a lot of us could end up having criminal records it's not it's not in favor and it doesn't enjoy uh, the the remuneration that um, institutional injustice historically always has
0: hmm. Um, hmm. but as you say the, the key thing here you know aside from you know, the purity of people's motives and so on. Is what what is the reality here? And the, and the, and the very powerful deception we see in the Cruikshank cartoon and in the Guardian article is they put forward, forward a very compelling case for for saying, look, here is the reality. This is this is the real deal, and there's nothing to see here, folks. There's nothing violent going on. There's no problem here. You can you can feel good now. You know, it's it's a, it's a sort of satanic lullaby. It's sort of putting you to sleep. There's no issue here it's okay and um and 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 i say in order to do that they have to construe the other side as the fear mongers the the misinformers and so on and 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 so they want to say that the likes of wilberforce they're the ones telling the lies that that, as david also at the end there uh, said it's a myth you know this idea of slaves being badly treated it's just a myth Mm. phew what a relief it's just a myth you know i was worried i was gonna have to do something about it so it, yeah. it's it's really this kind of putting it's people to sleep um and of course people are all too willing to accept that because mm. it, it lets them off the hook it's very easy it's very convenient mm. to to be given uh the sort of rationale to say there's nothing wrong with what we're doing as a nation it's a, it, it really does make things a lot easier uh, and so you see people swallowing this very quickly but seeing something visually you know they say he's seeing is believing you know it's it's a very powerful way of getting people to to believe that they've got the inside track like like this girl we spoke with in norwich the other day she said no i just saw it i've seen it in the papers so i've seen what pregnancy really looks like and it doesn't look like that hmm. um so i think um yeah we'll it, you be- know quote a quote attributed to benjamin Dis- disraeli the british prime minister from a long time back um it's attributed to him whether he said it first who knows but Uh, lies, damned lies and statistics you know the point he was making was that statistics can be manipulated and can even give cover for a bad argument but we're seeing something similar here with pictures Mm. lies, damned lies and pictures because the moment someone's seen a picture they think they've seen it Mm. now they might have, it could be an accurate picture or it could be a fiction Mm. like what Cruikshank did did, uh, with this sort of West Indian utopia with all these slaves living happily ever after and uh, and so a, a diligent propagandist such as we see here uh, represented by the guardian has to make out the other side to be the propagandists and it's working um on on i can't really show this to you very easily but uh one of our boards was was, was vandalized um in norwich uh, the other day and um i won't read everything that was said on it because it's probably not suitable for um public airways um but what they have put in front of our this is just our warning sign saying there is going to be abortion-related imagery up ahead. In fact, in this case, it was just living, living um, human embryos, fetuses. But um, in front of where it says abortion-related imagery ahead, it says fake, fake abortion imagery ahead, and then it also says scaremongering on the side. So this is exactly the same thing. You know, we are that guy sticking the placard in front of the um, of the telescope in Crookshank's, cartoon you know it, it, the insinuation is we're the fear mongers we're the ones making up a problem where it isn't we're exaggerating the problem uh the reality is over the water there and you can see they're doing absolutely fine can i wrap us up christian yeah absolutely please do yeah i mean all i was going to
1: say was was yeah it's um images like this the crookshank image the guardian article um it absolves the conscience mm. and it protects the industry mm. that, that's what they do they absolve the conscience they protect the industry they, they make mm. people think oh i've got nothing to be concerned about here mm. and all the while the industry will carry on going and that's why you know effect effective social reform strategy and effective anti abortion strategy does the opposite it does yeah. affect the conscience and it hinders the industry mm. and that's mm. what we should be aiming for and and if more articles like this come out then we we can probably uh construe that we or 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 um surmise that we we're actually having an influence because yeah. people are having to put money behind correcting mm-hmm. uh what we're doing mm-hmm. or, or, or or turning what we're doing into a myth so yeah yeah in one, in, in one sense it is a kind of compliment
0: yeah and, and the stakes are getting higher aren't they because injustice has to thrive uh on on darkness lies deception and of course the more the injustice is exposed the harder it is for the deception to to hold to hold fast so so what you're kind of seeing is the abortion is resting on this ever-growing sort of air cushion of deception and it's getting bigger and bigger and more and more complicated and more and more precarious and and when it is finally popped it's going to be so shaming for, for those who've helped to build up that 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 castle in the sky, because it's, it's so clearly a lie. Uh, one day we'll be looking back on this Guardian article as we just look back on Cruikshank's cartoon. We'll think, goodness, how did someone of any public standing get away with such um, brazen propaganda, even in the 1820s, you know, about 30 years or more after the abolition movement started of the slave trade, even then trying to cling on to this idea this myth this convenient lie that uh, there was no injustice at all Um, i'm reminded uh, of isaiah chapter 30 uh, verse 10. they say to the seers see no more visions and to the prophets give us no more visions of what is right tell us pleasant things prophesy illusions in other words tell me lies tell me sweet little lies as one of our monday prophets uh fleetwood mac has said but this is it we want to be lied to because the lies are easier than um the truth um and yet we know that uh it's a very dangerous business to be deliberately lying and uh, earlier on in isaiah there's is isaiah chapter 5 uh, verse 20 it says this woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter and that's exactly what's going on here in this article uh, the propaganda is saying it's the truth and it's calling the truth propaganda it's taking the myth calling it reality and calling the reality myth and it can be quite disorientating but we need to see through it because uh, as we saw on the streets just the other day in norwich mm. in particular young people these teenagers um being sold this convenient lie um which leads right down to the pit you know this is we know that um being in the dark as to what abortion is makes abortion itself far more likely when people see it for what it is many change their minds and choose life so it is critical and uh, in this post truth world where people can even you know publish doctored images and claim that they are the the real accurate information again it behoves us uh, as people of truth to stand up and counter that um with reality any closing remarks from you Christian
1: no, I think you said it all david um... all right
0: well let's let's um let's allow our listeners to get off a bit more easily this week then because last week i think we uh We may have topped one hour, so.
1: One hour of good stuff.
0: Good stuff. No, it was good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Brilliant. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, Again, please do share this with others. Uh, Help people to see through uh, the lies of the media because they are um, lethal. And uh, help people to see how The Guardian and others are whitewashing a genocide. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again
2: next week.